I Drive SoCal is brought to you by the very best auto retailers from across Southern California. When it's time for you to buy or even just kick the tires on the idea of buying, just go to idrivesocal.com and click on dealers. idrivesocal.com, click on dealers and get connected. Now, on with the podcast. The good news is that we created a phenomenon that people from all over the United States, even the world, came to visit. It became that famous without any PR publicity. It became that famous. And those people went back to their regions, their homes and around the world and said, I want to do this here. And so now we have, I think, something over 80 different cars and coffees around the world. I'm very proud of what happened here and the impact it's had around the world to bring opportunity for car guys to come together and share their stories and share their love for each other. It doesn't matter if you love cars. You have fun hanging out. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter if you're a guy or a guy. If you're a car guy, you're a car guy. Welcome to iDrive SoCal, the podcast all about mobility in the automotive capital of the United States, Southern California. I'm your host, Tom Smith, and today I'm joined by automotive legend, Mr. Barry McGuire. Barry is president of McGuire's Car Care Products. He is the host of Car Crazy TV, which is a global television show, been on the air for almost 20 years. Just this year, he was inducted into the SEMA Hall of Fame, and he's one of the original participants and promoters of the unofficial car show that that has really swept the entire United States and, and really in, in multiple countries around the world, cars and coffee. Barry, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm excited to meet you and have the opportunity to sit here and speak with you. Great to be with you, Tom. First, just an overview of cars and coffee as it started here in Southern California, right? Well, it did. It did. Um, yeah, it was actually an area identified as Crystal Cove. It's on the coast of Southern California, Orange County, be just south of uh, Newport Beach, north of Laguna Beach, if you know that area. And it was, a, it was kind of a new shopping center that went in. Um, and just across the highway, you're looking at the ocean. So palm trees and all, and a, kind of a small shopping center. And uh, we started, uh, we, did, we didn't call it Cars and Coffee at that time. We called it just Crystal Cove. They were going to go to Crystal Cove. It was the insider thing, you know. And Southern California is kind of full of car guys. So it's not right. how you, I mean, you just kind of wave at somebody, you have a crowd. <laughs> and so uh, we kind of filled that shopping center pretty quickly and just started this camaraderie. And that went for several years. And then, unfortunately, the Irvine Company, I don't mind saying it, it was the Irvine Company. It wasn't the neighbors. The neighbors never complained. The Irvine Company said it was the neighbors. No. Okay. Uh, the Irvine Company said it was the police. No, actually, I actually talked to the police, and they said we didn't have any more complaints when you're there than when you weren't there. It wasn't the police. It wasn't anybody. It was just the Irvine Company that decided Donald Brenn, who owns the Irvine Company, is kind of anti-car guy. I don't mind saying it. And okay. he just stopped it. And um, I put together a group after they shut it down uh, with uh, folks at Fashion Island, Big Shop. Center. Right. I had the tourist bureau in. Uh, the, I had everybody, everybody in the area and city council, the police, everybody. And uh, the guy of the Irvine Company said, this is a non-starter. It's not going to happen. And that stopped us in our tracks. So we had no place to go. Uh, but one of the original guys that helped start the first first one that was there, he didn't actually start Crystal Cove. His name's John Kleiner. There are a lot of others, too. I'll get myself in trouble if I start mentioning names. But John is my, is my number one hero. Head of uh, PR for Ford uh, for the Western region. Oh, okay. 
And um, John is just such a car guy and has uh, uh, quite a few cars himself. And um, he called a meeting and he said, okay, let's have a meeting. About 12 of us met at Ford headquarters there. And uh, we uh, got up a chalkboard and we listed all the places that we could possibly go. And we had uh, probably 15 different locations that we that were possibly large enough. So we each took some. We went out, started looking to see who might be open to having car guys coming in at 5.30 in the morning. You know? right. And we couldn't find one. And so John said, well, until we find one, why don't uh, we, we've got a parking lot here and we could certainly host it here. So for a temporary basis, because the next Saturday was the last Saturday at Crystal Cove and there was no database. Nobody's ever collected names. So if we didn't get word out that next Saturday, everybody would be scattered. Right. And we'd, so we, we were down to Tuesday of that week and Saturday was our last Crystal Cove car show. So we had great pressure on us. We have to go somewhere. Right. So it's pressure. So finally, out of desperate week, we couldn't go in and find John says, let's just have them meet here. We can do it here and that'll give us a place until we find a real place to go. We said, oh, can we do that? Yeah, 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 we can do that. And they have quite a large uh, parking area and, and trees scattered throughout. It's, it's right. not just straight asphalt, but it's quite quite pr- pretty, you know. And so we went, uh, we put the word out and the first Saturday we had a lot more than we had at Crystal Cove because we had more room and it grew and it grew and it grew until um, it was mind-boggling and um, John, uh, I'm not sure if John came up with it by himself. I, I don't remember exactly how the name came to be, but John was integral to it. Right. Of coming with this name, Cars and Coffee. He created the name. He didn't copyright the name, didn't feel like he should, didn't want to, didn't want to have ownership on it. He's just a car guy. Right. It's like his gift to the car hobby, you know. So let's have just call it Cars and Coffee. And it just grew like crazy. Uh, I did two car crazy TV shows there over a period of time. It went for a lot of years. He called me one day. He said, Barry, I have an unusual request. I said, what's that? He says, don't don't run that episode <laughs> anymore, please. Don't run that episode anymore. It was getting too much. He says, when you run that episode, we get we get more people we can handle. We get people mad at us. I don't want people mad, and I don't want to turn anybody away, so we don't need any promotion, so please don't do that anymore. All right? I love you, but don't run your Car Crazy TV show anymore on Cars and Coffee, so we laughed. Cars and Coffee is wonderful because, I mean, there's there's a 19-oh-whatever, yeah. and then there's a 2007, 18, you know, yeah. or concept car, and everything in between. It's just a surprise. And everybody, anybody gets up that early, pretty passionate. Even the people that don't have cars, they're passionate. So um, it was one of the great experiences of our lives. Car guides are special. I, I, I say that on the TV show, but I, I mean it. And, and I have some expertise on that because I travel the world. I know the car highway really, really well. And I can tell you, car guys are the same the world over. If you're a kid growing up in a car guy family, there's no question you're going to be a better adult because you learn work ethic, mm-hmm. you learn respect, responsibility, you honor your mom and dad, you have quality time, if not hundreds of hours of time with your dad, whether you're the daughter or the son, to work on that car. And, and guess what? You're not talking about cars all the time. You can talk about life. You can talk about God. You can talk about guys and girls and life and everything. But the whole thing of uh, car guys and and what they'll do for you is just, it's. I think it's the greatest fraternity in the world. And so when you get in a region where you can meet week after week after week, and it was not just a few months in California, we can meet year-round. Almost never rains in California. And for our case, uh, civilization started moving in around and uh, it wasn't anybody was doing anything wrong. But all of a sudden, you got condos or whatever. You got homes around. People were starting and say, I don't like the sound of... How would they not like the sound of a V8 <laughs> roaming down the road at 530? I don't get that, right? but some people don't like that. 
I guess. I don't know. Just go figure. And they start complaining, and all of a sudden the complaints come. And so Ford finally had to say, we're getting enough complaints that we're going to have to shut it down. Right. And so that last morning, it was in the wintertime. And so it was uh It was like 2015, was cold, right? Yeah. And um, it, we, were, we were there in the dark. And everybody was like in tears. I mean, we just hugged each other. And, and some of those people I've not seen since. The good news is that we created a phenomenon that people from all over the United States, even the world, came to visit. It became that famous without any PR publicity. It became that famous. And those people went back to their regions, their homes and around the world and said, I want to do this here. And so now we have, I think, something over 80 different cars and coffees around the world that John Kleiner, and let me tell you, Linda, Linda Kleiner, she's almost more responsible. John's wife. John's wife. I mean, you expect the car guy to do it, right? But at the driveway every morning, John was usually there. Linda was always there. She'd get there at 530. How many of you car guys listening right now would have your wife standing beside you, or even if you couldn't make it, she's there at 530 every Saturday morning with her smile. Maybe once. Welcome mine. everybody in. They are my all-time heroes, the car hobby. I mean, they're just amazing, amazing people. And we've tried to duplicate it. We have been all over uh, Orange County trying to find a venue where we could do it again. And some have gotten traction for a little while and done well, and then neighbors complain and they've gone away. And yep. uh, we have one now that's looking pretty good, and it may survive. But if we've been all these years trying to find, uh, you know, right to, to reproduce what we had here. And which location is the current one that you're talking about? Well, I know it's splintered. Yeah, well, there's the one down by the outlet store, down San Clemente. Okay. That's really catching traction. So uh, it's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I'm very proud of what happened here and the impact it's had around the world to bring opportunity for car guys to come together and share their stories and share their love for each other. In Crystal Cove. That was a morning thing, a Saturday morning, morning thing. thing? Yeah, got there like at 7 o'clock in the morning. It's like 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning and started that. I was late. I was a latecomer. I didn't get there until I've been doing it for two or three weeks. I didn't come until about a month into it. And then okay. I was there. I was hooked after that. What year was that? Oh, my. Now you're really testing me. If you're suggesting that we close, that sounds right, that we uh, had to stop in 2015. We were at Ford for um, more than 10 years. My guess is we were there for 10, 12 years. Okay. So, so then Crystal Cove was before that for three, four years? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. So going back 2000, 2003, something like that. I, don't know. I It was a couple months before the Ford location shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went and visited a yeah. friend of mine in Texas who had just moved with uh, his company. State Farm was here yeah. uh, and then moved to, to Texas. I <laughs> went there and we had spent the night catching up, having cocktails, whatever, wee hours. And the next thing I know, he's waking me up <laughs> saying, we got to go to this car show. Yeah. And I'm like, what oh, are you talking yeah. about? Oh, We've man. been sleeping for like two, three hours. Oh, what geez. are you talking about? And we went and that was my first Cars and Coffee. And it, it was technically in Plano, but... I mean, as you as you say, there was every socioeconomic, you know, represented. Yeah. <clears throat> there was, and the money that was, at, I mean, there was a section of McLarens and a section of Bugattis and a section of Model Ts and a section <clears throat> of Muscle. And I mean, it was like, this is crazy. And lo and behold, wow, wait, this all started right down in, in Irvine. Yeah. What you said there, I think is very significant. The car hobby has none of the regular social barriers. I mean, that's one of the things I love about it so much. It, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It's not a matter of money. You have some guy that's got his exotic car. You got some guy that's got his rat rod. It doesn't matter. If you love cars, you're having fun hanging out. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter if you're a guy or a guy. If you're a car guy, you're a car guy. So did the TV show 
did obviously you have it in your blood, but but did the TV show somehow was it inspired or did it come out of Cars and Coffee? Oh no 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 oh no no gracious no way before that. What inspired the TV show was frankly, and it's hard to even imagine now, but the car. If you go back twenty five years ago, the car hobby was suffering. It was it was uh, it was going down. Um, car clubs were disbanding. Uh, car shows were having fewer people all the time. And we look at our business. Uh, the only people buy only people wax their cars are car guys. I looked at SEMA. I'm a big part of SEMA, thinking everybody. SEMA is dependent on car guys, you know. Right. <laughs> it's not regular consumers that buy all those aftermarket things. It's car guys. If we don't have car guys, we're all in trouble. Somebody needs to do something, but it happens that the car hobby is not like motorsports. Motorsports has, um, you know, governing, sanctioning bodies, and they want another motorsports event over here. We need another NASCAR event there. They do that, but in, in, in the car hobby, there it's just it's just it's all over the world. Same. I, I love this car. I really, really love it. I find somebody else who loves the same car. You really? Hey, let's take our cars on Friday. Let's both drive our cars down to whatever. And you do that, and all of a sudden, some other guys come along and say, "Hey, we like those cars too. We got some." So all of a sudden, hey, let's form a club, you know? And then they say, "Hey, you know, there's some other guys." over yonder that they like to say let's have a car show that's basically how the car hobby happens it's grassroots it's the ultimate grassroots how do you grow that so we kept saying somebody's got to step up and grow that and one day um the gal that ran uh, corporate communications for us leslie kennedy she said you know barry roger werner started this new channel called speed vision and you know about everybody there is in the car hobby you know all these sure. guys you could interview them i said nobody's got to listen to an interview show right no but you could talk about their passion talk about why they're so patient i said well we need to come with a name so it hit me this name car crazy and we ended up getting trademark and then we just we looked at it always 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 as not selling car wax per se uh, you know of course we want to sell car wax sure but we need more car guys so my focus was how do we get more car guys we're going to have more people with good values i've said it with tongue-in-cheek but really meant it if we had more car guys we'd have less wars we'd have less racial tension so i've been on a mission for 25 years of how do we get more people in the car hobby because when we do that yeah seam will grow we'll grow but that's secondary to a higher thing of just make, get more kids to grow up with values, work ethic. I, I could say this without hesitation. I'm a better person. Every every car guy can say this without hesitation. I'm a better person. I have better friends because I'm a car guy. So anyway, that's, I think, whether people understand that part of it or not, they're a part of it. And cars and coffee are making it happen. And that's something all over the world. And it's unofficial, I guess, is the thing that's always boggled my mind. From the very first time in 2015, and I actually had planned on making the last event in the Ford parking lot, but then that last event was actually canceled because the, la- the event before that was too big, right? Exactly right. We had a sense it was the last one, but yeah, that was one of the highlights of my life. I've celebrated a lot of things, been to a lot of emotional events. I count that as one of the very highest privileges of my life to have been there that last day. As we move towards more and more technology, and you know, I got my license, I think, in 1986, Okay, and I could couldn't get it fast enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get it fast enough, and I was working on you know junkers that that I was hoping was going to be my car before way before that. And, yeah. Uh, but now, you know, manufacturers are concerned that kids aren't so much in a rush to get their license anymore. Um, what do you think happens? How does how do you think that impacts a car hobby moving forward? Well, it's our biggest challenge. There's no question about it. I have in my own family one grandson that turned 16 and didn't. Care. I in my own family really? in my own family hanging around my cars and all the cooks we had to take the car shows in my own family I have one I have I have five grandsons it is a concern obviously it really is uh, I don't know where that's going to take us I hate to even speculate I'm going to enjoy the present I am thankful for technology what it's doing for performance and design I mean 
mean, we've got cars. And you know, isn't it interesting now that you don't have to spend a lot of money to have style and performance? Yeah. I love it that uh, without getting into the specific cars, but, but I mean, you cover them, you know. Uh, there's a lot of relatively inexpensive cars that I'd be proud to drive. I mean, they're cool. But that's obviously, Tom, I mean, that is the biggest challenge um, to the car hobby as we know it today. It's a big one. And, and wherever I speak to car guys, I say we all have a personal responsibility to hedge against that. And so when we see a young person looking at our car, strike up a conversation and ask if they have any questions. And if their parents are there, you can say, can I let them sit in the car? And yeah. we each one need to be an evangelist for the car hobby. And I think that's the, the number one responsibility we have. If we're going to save this car hobby and all the good things that come out of it beyond the cars, then we need to take personal responsibility to make sure that this car hobby, we hand this car hobby down to the next generation. What do you think about the idea that the fuel combustion engine is going to be only something that we find in museums in the not-so-distant future. Everything's going to be electric. Well, I, I'm finding it quite interesting, actually. Um, the Tesla, I didn't think would ever catch on with car guys, but to the contrary. <laughs> you know, in the end, car guys like cars that look good and go fast. And that does check, check, right? And, and I tell you what, that Tesla is mind-boggling. Uh, uh, Gerald Barnes, who owns uh, all the exotic car dealerships in Newport Beach, great friend of mine, and uh, and he can have anything he wants, and uh, he drives a Tesla. Daily driver? Yeah. And I said, Gerald, that would be like me using <laughs> X-Brand wax, you know? He says, Barry, he says, a Ferrari guy is going to buy a Ferrari. It doesn't matter what kind of car I have. He's going to buy a Ferrari. He's a Ferrari guy. Right. So it, it's no, it makes no difference to them at all. But for me, I've driven them all. I don't get a discount on a Tesla. <laughs> but this Tesla's an amazing car. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is. And the performance acceleration, I mean, it's mind-boggling. So I miss the visceral sound. You know, some people yeah. played around with having an imitation sound or whatever. But the sound of the V8, quite frankly, is, I think, the number one ambassador for America worldwide. I want to say what's in your garage, but I'm, I'm assuming that's either a really big garage or there's multiple garages? Probably the most asked question I get asked is what kind of cars do you collect? And it's the one question I don't answer for this one reason. Because of the show, uh, because of um, radio and television, and because of my products. I want everybody to love me. All right? I want everybody to love my products. <laughs> so if they pigeonhole me into being a certain type of car guy, right? when I go there, they'll say, well, we're glad you're here, but you know, you're, we know you're not really one of us. Fair you're enough. one of those guys, right? Fair enough. Fair so enough. I I have never advertised the types of cars I have. People locally here know because I drive my cars, every one of them. They're all cars that I love. I don't believe in just having cars set. Uh, and they all have a special purpose for me. From your perspective, I, I think you have some unique insight <clears throat> and contacts. How far out are we from actually uh, experiencing flying cars running oh, around uh, Southern California? Know. You know, I don't hear a lot of talk about that. I mean, I sit with the car makers at the end of, uh, the, end of the day at Pebble Beach on Sunday as uh, with the heads of design for several of the car makers and fascinating discussion on technology and right. where it's going and all that. Talked about everything. It's, a, it's a wonderful sitting and getting to, getting to be a part of those kind of conversations. Well, I never heard flying car mentioned. Uh, that's, okay. you know, that's not top of mind for them at the moment. What about the autonomous driving aspect? Well, that very much is. Yeah, they all talked about that a lot. So that's coming. It's coming, uh, I think, probably faster than some of us might realize. So, and that's a little bit of a challenge for us as well. I mean, I don't like the thought of uh, everybody by just calling up a driver's Uber 
And right. I have a pod pull up and take us to our destination. I'm not real excited about that concept. Right. So the car makers feel like that will be a, a role. I mean, to, to the last one, they all, because I'm saying, why are you advancing this? You know, I, I, you're a car guy. Why on earth would you want to go that way? Well, you got to follow technology and they can't be left behind. So the pressure moves on. You have to do that. But they're all convinced that that will be um, a part of the market. But that's that's going to be a serve, serve its purpose. But people are never going to get away from the from the ethereal experience of, of driving a car and the, the uh, just the, the whole driving experience of having control and independence and it goes on and on freedom and on. freedom uh, they've done a lot of research on that and um, they are rock solid and believe that's going to go on uh, forever and the driver is saying will play its role uh, but it'll be for some applications but for the mainstay people keep wanting to have their independence and freedom and control of driving a car wherever they want well Mr. McGuire I can't tell you how much I enjoy this talk and appreciate your time while we have the podcast running. Is there anything else that you might want to cover? Yeah, watch your car today. Go by McGuire's. <laughs> Thank you again very much. So much appreciate your time yeah. and all the historical facts you can share with well, us. Yeah. And, uh, well, I am historical. Sometimes hysterical, <laughs> but always historical. Thank you, and, and congratulations again on your show, and uh, let's do it again sometime. I would love to do that. <laughs> I would love to do that. That was Mr. Barry McGuire. This is I Drive SoCal. Thank you so much. I'm Tom Smith. Until next time. <laughs>